Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to open the Word of God this morning, and we're going to wrap up in this uh, final Sunday for the final series, final Sunday in this series, if I can speak correctly. And we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, we'll look over there in just a little bit, uh, but we've looked at the Apostle Paul and, as him and Silas, and they went out, and, and we saw what God did in their lives. They were praising God in the prison, and, and they found God, uh, God's deliverance. We also experienced uh, Jehoshaphat last week, and uh, who was a king uh, uh, in, of Judah, really, in Jerusalem, and, uh, and what, uh, what he faced. They were, they were in dire straits, Right. And they did something. They, they sent the praisers out before the army because they realized that praise was even more important than the military action that it took to protect themselves because they knew God was there with them. And we have to be able to put the Lord first. I also said this last time that staying in tune with God and keeping praise in our mouths and hearts is a major part of being in the moment. We need, we need praise in our hearts and our mouths and our minds. And today we're going to finish up in the Philippians chapter 4 here. Uh, but uh, we'll jump in in a second. But being in the moment will bring a few things to the forefront of our minds and, to, and into our lives. And it's going to lead us towards celebration. It's also going to cause us to to uh, change some of the ways that we think, some of the things that we think on. And if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to help us change how we think, we may not end up in the place that God wants to take us. So it's important that we keep our hearts open to him so that he can take us to the place where he wants to. A case in point really comes back down to the Israelites. They had a hard time with this when they were delivered out out of slavery. And if you know the Old Testament, you know Exodus and and such, you you realize what it was like for them. And uh, so uh, he took them out of slavery, but they had a very difficult time uh, getting the slavery out of their thinking and out of their lifestyle. That just kind of, it ruled them, really, that, that kind of thing that ruled their lives. And uh, so uh, he took them out of that, but they had to make some changes. And because of this, it kept, uh, it kept them from obtaining the promises that God had for them in a timely manner for quite a while, Right. And they had to change their mentality to enter God's promised land. And sometimes God is working not only in our hearts and our minds, but in our thinking as well and how we think. Years ago when I lived in Texas, uh, I knew a couple guys who had done time in prison. Uh, don't worry, I wasn't with them in there with them. Uh, but it was, it was interesting to interact with them and to talk with them and knowing their situation and uh, the, the stories are so many, but uh, but one of the things that they had to deal with there was, was the schedule. They, they had a schedule, but they didn't own it, right? That schedule owned them as they walked through life. And sometimes we may feel that way in our lives, just in a regular everyday basis, but but they, they, they weren't free, so they couldn't do just anything they wanted. They had to follow the rules or they had to face the consequences. And, and it was uh, it was so rigid that, it, uh, that they... Uh, they built up this mentality that, that others ran their life, and they did for a while. 
uh, not forever, but for a while. But once they got out, they had to learn how to be free and how to make their own decisions. And some struggle with that. Once they come out of a situation like that, and the responsibility of freedom is really quite significant. We don't think very much about that because of our place in life. But, but the reality is it, it, uh, freedom does have quite a bit of responsibility. And, and this is similar to what Israel uh, must have faced when they were stuck in slavery. Very similar mindset of what they dealt with. And they hadn't been free to make their own decisions. And, and I'm sure there was an element of freedom, right, and as, it, as it is in other situations as well. But uh, like they, they didn't know what they were going to do that day. Well, they probably did. They probably were told you're going to make bricks, <laughs> and you're going to get straw, and you're going to put it all together, and then you're going to make bricks, and you're going to put up this building or whatever it is they're doing. And so they didn't have much choice in the matter. But then once God uh, used Moses to deliver them from Egypt, uh, they, they were free, and they had, had to learn to live in this newfound freedom that they had. But they had a hard time getting that slave mentality uh, out of their thinking. The old demands of bondage controlled them. And that can happen with us in our lives as well. You may say, well, I, 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 I've never been a slave or in prison. Well, maybe not. Maybe you have, maybe not. But sometimes you, you, can, you can become slaves to your past, and that can rule you. You can become slaves to your past or your, your own patterns of thinking and allow those things to rule your life. And it can keep you from what God has for your life for today or there in the future. So let, let's jump into the passage this morning. Here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and it says this. This is NIV, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not, be, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation be by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's, that's, that's enough there, right? But then he goes on to say, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then over in verse 80 says this, Finally, brothers, because these are in the same context, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he goes on in verse 9, he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. One of the first things that we need to look at here, and it really comes out of this first, uh, first part of this in verse 4, uh, is this, celebration. We have to be people who are willing to be uh, those who will celebrate and sometimes, you know, in the world, people will talk about, we're going to party. Well, in Christianity and followers of Jesus, we should be able to party and party in the right way. We should be able to celebrate and to give God thanks. We shouldn't be a wet blanket every time. But we should, we should be those who celebrate because God is good and he's done some amazing things for us in our lives. And so here, to, to give this context, you really need to consider what he has said previously. 
and because he's dealing with some other things before this where they had some probably had some run-ins, right? They had some disunity taking place before this. And, and now he's saying to rejoice in the Lord. He, he didn't say it once, but he says it twice. And, and, he, and he emphasizes rejoicing twice. And this may be, uh, that, that really should kind of make us ask a question here. How can we rejoice in view of our difficulties? How can we rejoice in view of the things that we face in everyday life? Because we face great things, right? But we also face difficult things in life. But how can we rejoice when we're in those kind of situations? So he, he repeats the command to rejoice because of the, the, the challenges that these believers face. They, they face some of it. And you need to keep up your joy. You need to keep up your joy in the moment. You need to be able to celebrate in the moment. And it's so important for us to be able to celebrate for what God has done in our lives. One way or the other, the follower of Jesus needs to be able to uh, maintain a spirit of joy. We need to have that spirit of joy in our life. Uh, and we need to, to look to the Lord. It's here that we need to make sure that we're staying in, in tune with what God is saying to, our, to us in our lives. And, and celebration is part of it. And, but there are, there are some other things that come along with celebration in this passage that we, we need to look at. When, when I think about the Old Testament, there's one of the things that hits me, and re, I re, remember it now and then, is, this, is that there were different times when there was a feast or there was something, a uh, celebration time that was going to happen. Uh, the Lord commanded them to celebrate. And he not only commanded them to celebrate, he commanded them not to be all down in the dumps. That's just the way it was. Hey, if you're going to be in my presence, none of that today. You need to be happy. You need to be joyful. And you need to celebrate. And there are times for us need to make, where we need to make sure that we're staying that way. And why can we do that? Well, in this passage, if you'll look what he says there in a couple verses in, he says, the Lord is close. The Lord is close and this is one of those things that Paul just, he can't leave it out. It's something that we need to continually be reminded of. And while we're walking down this journey of life, this, this life's journey that we have, we can remember the Lord is right beside us. And this should help us to stay on our path or on that journey with confidence. With confidence. Not with worry, not with fret, not with all the other things, even though things may be challenging at times in our lives. And sure, we, we, uh, it, it sure makes it easier to celebrate in the moment when we know that the Holy Spirit is right there with us. We know that the Spirit of God is right here with us. It, it, it can bring us comfort. It can bring us a type of confidence that helps, helps us to stay on the path that he has for us. There's, there's something about having another, uh, another person or someone near us when we're facing something difficult or if we're facing something new, right? We all face something new once in a while, right? Sometimes when I open up a computer program, I'm like, oh, Lord, what did they change today? And, and it's like you're trying to make sure this is working and that's working, and it's like, my goodness, what have they done? And so... I know that when I when I taught, used to teach in the automotive field, uh, there were there were some times that students would face something that was complicated, 
uh, that they were required to do, that we would require them to do as teachers, part of the curriculum, and uh, they weren't always confident to try it by themselves. The interesting thing about it was is they, uh, you know, most of them were guys. There was gals in there too, but, but they would usually have a little bit of that bravado. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we know what we're doing. But when the rubber met the road, uh, they, uh, they wouldn't say they couldn't, but you had to realize it's going to pat them on the shoulder. You're going to make it all stand right here. And so then when they had a problem, when they run into a situation and they thought something was going to get away from them, they had somebody to assist them. They, they, uh, they just uh, tended not to be as confident when someone else wasn't around. Honestly, even people who have uh, long since uh, passed that point in their lives, you've done all your education, whatever, you still have times when it's helpful when somebody who is, will come alongside of you to help you. That's just the way it is for all of us, right? We, we like to have others around. There's, there's power in numbers, right? But there's also power in having the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's important for us to remember, we understand what Scripture says about the Holy Spirit, that He is the paraclete. Uh, we don't use that term all the time, but paraclete, he's the one that comes alongside of us. He is the comforter. He is the one that is there with us. And when we don't know what to do, if the word of God doesn't tell us, the word of God mixed with the Holy Spirit, they will tell us, they will give us an understanding. And we put others in our past as well that can help us. But there are those that, can, that will say, I can do it on my own. And when they do at times, they can make a mess of it. And that's why it's important for us to invite the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We need Him. When He works in our lives, He can make things well. And when we need to learn to celebrate in the moment. Uh, it, when we do that, uh, we, uh, we, when we celebrate in the moment, we aren't as likely to be tripped up by our anxious thoughts. And we see that here in the passage. He talks a little bit about that the Apostle Paul, the, the next part of that is don't, don't let anxious thoughts limit you. Don't let those things limit you because they will, they will do that. They will do the best to do that. And these are some of the things that cause you to pull back away from the good things that God has for you. And so we found uh, this in the Israelites' lives when uh, God delivered them out of uh, Egyptian slavery. When he pulled them out, he set them free out of it, but he pulls them out in the end. Uh, uh, he does it with a heavy dose, a heavy dose of plagues on, on the uh, Egyptians, right? And finally, they kind of get past some of that, and uh, Israel's on the run. They're, 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 they're marching towards the Red Sea, and then the Pharaoh says, wait a second, what have I done? There, there's no way. I don't want to do this. I don't want to let those people go. So he runs after them. And now you have these Israelites who, uh, who love God and uh, who are struggling. They've just been pulled, freshly pulled out of this. And, and now they're saying, what do we do now? It would have been better for us to be back there. Now he's going to get us anyway and make it even harder, take less straw away and make, make us go gather more straw so that we can put, make bricks again. And so they were pretty upset. And I think if the Pharaoh hadn't ran after them, Maybe they would have made it okay without too much problem. But you kind of wonder. Maybe God was saying, you know what? I need to put a little bit of a stress in your life. Now, this isn't popular. I need to allow there to be a little bit of stress in your life 
so that you can be strong enough when you come up to the promised land that you can handle that because it's going to be tough. But I'm going to be there with you. And God did miraculous things all the way through that. Have you ever felt that way? It's like, God, why did you let this, why'd you let this happen? It's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. We just know that he's with us. And there's a guarantee. We know that he's with us. And sure, those, that's part of it. You, you can see it in the scripture. That, that's just part of it. They had to be able to trust God and move through. Have you ever let your anxious thoughts keep you from doing what you knew you should do? You let those things just get in front of your face and it's like, oh, no, no, I know I need to do this, but no, I just, I just can't do that. I'm, I'm sure that most of us have done that at some point or the other. But you have to push them off and trust God when they hinder your life because the Lord will help us. He's the paraclete, right? He's the one who comes alongside. He's the one that assists us to be able to do those things when we don't think we can do that. Even if he has put it inside of us, just like Israel, he had put it inside of them. The promise of Abraham was theirs, right? That was their promise. They had that. They had the promise of the land. They had the promise of uh, so many uh, so many. Uh, people that there was going to be like the sand of the seashore. The promise was there. They had to be able to step out. You know, I'm sure there's a time that maybe we should be anxious. <laughs> maybe you should, and, and, and you know, you got to keep this in context, right? We know ang anxiety or anxious is fear, has to do with fear, and uh, fear is not always a bad thing. It is something God has given to us. Uh, even though scripture tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity, a power of love, and of sound mind, we understand that there are certain things he puts in us to be able to balance. That's why when I'm driving down I-70, and when I have this hankering, I just know my car will do over 100. I am sure it will. Have I tried it? No, I haven't tried it. Other ones, yes, in years gone by, but um, not recently. Uh, and so that kind, I know it will. And I-70, is it? it's got some great places. And so, and I-75, it's some great places. But if I did that, that would not be wise. Well, there would be a couple things that happen. One, I may lose control, smash the car, roll over, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or I may hurt somebody else. And so there, in that sense, the fear, fear thing is, is okay. That, being a little anxious and those kind of things, yeah, so that we keep ourselves safe and we do what's right and protect others and all that kind of stuff. And so that's when it's good. But uh, maybe when you're, when you're anxious, you will want to talk to somebody about the Lord because you, you want the best for them. And then it, he, that, that anxiety tries to get in the way, right? Or maybe, maybe that anxiety gets in your way when you're trying to help somebody uh, in your family or do something else. And maybe it gets in your way, but you have to say, no, I, I'm not walking that direction. I'm going to walk the way that the Lord would have me to walk. I'm going to take care of this business. And, and so we all walk through those things at one time or the other. And don't let the fear keep you from sharing hope with others. Don't let you, that fear keep you from doing what God wants you to do. We see here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul says this, he says, but in every situation, whatever situation you're in, uh, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we need to do something there. We need to be able to, uh, the next part of this is ask with thanksgiving. 
We need to ask God with thanksgiving. Yes, we need to praise him. It's important we praise him and we lift his name up because he deserves that. But you need to ask God when you're in the moment. We, we know we need to praise him, but we can reach out even when we are a little concerned. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says it this way in the King James Version. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Powerful scripture. Come boldly. Where? Where are we going? Boldly before the throne of grace. We're, we're going to the Father. We're, we're going into the presence of God and we're engaging him and we're saying, hey, Lord, we need your help in this situation. We, we need you to work in our lives. It's like a child that knows an adult that cares for them is going to do what they can do to be able to help them. They'll do the best they can to help them. So if we're, if we're going to celebrate in the moment, then we have every reason to come boldly up to God knowing that he cares for us and that he wants to work in our lives. And we can petition him. We can ask him for what we need. As Paul says it there in Philippians chapter 4, 6, ask him with thanksgiving. We need to be thankful. We live in an interesting world. You know, sometimes what happens to us uh, in a society is when we have so much, we kind of lose that uh, spirit of gratefulness and thankfulness. And I think we see that. A lot of us see it in our society now, especially those that have, uh, you know, been around for a little while. And I think it's important for us that when we look to the Lord, we have to look to him with, with gratefulness. Have you ever had somebody that come to you and ask you for something uh, and when they asked, their attitude was just demanding. <laughs> it was just like, oh, we, we need you to do this. We, uh, do it now. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, know you, you likely didn't want to give them what they were asking for because uh, they, they just wanted to use you in some sense, right? And, and for what they could get. But we, we don't want to be that way to God either, do we? We don't want to be that way to him. We want to have that relationship, that interaction, that friendship with him, that when we, when we talk to him and when we go before him in prayer, we say, hey, God, I need some help here, that we, that we recognize that he will meet us at a point of need. He's faithful. Sure, it doesn't leave out faith, right? We need to trust. We need to put our faith in him. There's no question about that, and sure, but we have to be careful. We have to, be, we have to be, uh, recognize that we need to have thanksgiving. We need to ask him with thanksgiving. You already know God wants the best for you, right? You know he does. You know, you know that he's near. We know that from the scripture. You, you may be a little anxious about it, but remember he has enough love for you as an individual that if you were the only one on the face of this earth, when Jesus went to walk to that cross, he would have walked to that cross for you alone. For you alone. He said, I don't know that he would. Yes, for you alone, he would have done it. That's a powerful thing to think of. He would have done that for you. Let's look at the second thing here this morning. We need to be able to think on things that are worthy of praise. And look, look at what he says here in verse 8 again in Philippians 4. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure... Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent 
or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have, uh, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Think, we need to think about things like this. We need to think about the, those things that are true and pure and noble and, and, uh, and lovely and admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. We need, we need to be able to keep our brains in those areas in our lives so that we can be stronger and, and spiritually healthy. And that, that's really a tall order, isn't it? It's a tall order to say, okay, God, I've got to be able to keep my brain like this. Yeah, we need to work towards that. And that's, that, it is a tall order, but out of all these sayings. Remember the paraclete, the one who comes beside us, the Holy Spirit, what the scripture says that he has sealed our hearts. He is inside. The Spirit of God is inside. He's sealed. For those who are born of the Spirit of God, they have the heart, their hearts sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we can expect that he will help us in our time of need. But there's another part of that as well too, right? So we see here that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians and he's trying to help them and we live in this world that thinks on everything but those good things. And uh, the apostle tells us in some other Bible passages, he says we need to, we need to live by the Spirit. Actually, this, this connects us with what is said here in Philippians chapter 4. And so over in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through these words by saying this, this in 516, he says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, the desires of the sinful nature. So he's, he's challenging the Galatians there at this point to live that way, and he really he's challenging us too. And, and then over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, uh, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, against such things there is no law. So self-control is one of those fruit. It's one of those fruit that, and that we need to apply that to what the Holy Spirit is saying through Paul back in Philippians chapter 4. And when Paul tells us to think on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, when he, when he tells us to be able to think on these things, Really, he's pulling from the idea of using that self-control that God has put inside of your life. We need to be able to allow that to work in our lives, all right? We need to exercise. Remember, exercise, you know, you do something over and over again, and it helps you, right? And I think that we, we need to be able to do some exercise in our lives in the way we think, we, th we think and the way we act. Part of acting really comes from our thinking part of the thing. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. And that's why the Holy Spirit is there to help us. But he also gives us some fruit in our lives that we can pull from. Over in the book of Romans, we find him saying something some, similar to this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, he's talking about the Spirit being in the flesh or in the spirit. He said, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. If you notice there over back in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, he says, when you apply this thinking, the God of peace will be with you. That he can be there with you in that, that his presence, 
Now, we know the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, right? A born-again spirit, we, we have the Spirit inside of our lives. We understand that, but we also understand that it's like His presence is there with us in a different way when we keep our minds set on the right thing. Here's another part of this. What godly things have you learned? Have you received? Have you heard? Or maybe you've seen uh, from others, you, you know, there, there are those things that are, you know, they're right by scripture because you, you need to, uh, our lives, our attitudes, our walk, we need to bounce that up against scripture. It needs to make sure, we need to make sure that what we're saying is right, correct? We, we need to know what the word of God says and we need to be aware of that. And may, maybe you were taught how to be thankful. It helped you to live it out, right? Because you were taught that way to be thankful. You may have, you may have uh, uh, received some ideas on how you need to treat others because there were some faithful followers of Jesus around you that were a solid example of living out their faith. Why? Because they recognized God had done something in their lives and then they start living that out in their lives. Now, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. None of us are perfect. We're striving for maturity. We're striving for that perfection. But we have to allow God to continue to work in our lives. Maybe you heard others share of their testimony about how they praise God even in tough times. And the Lord always faithfully pulled them through, even when it didn't make sense. See, that's the thing is we have to recognize that no matter our situation, no matter what we face, we know that he's faithful and God will, will work in our lives. So you may, you may have received some good ideas from others and that helped you. May, you may have saw someone's life and, uh, and you really understood that that's the way we should live. You may have seen somebody else's life and understood that's the way we shouldn't live, right? We've all done that, right? Or maybe we haven't been a good example at times in our lives and then we have to shift gears and say, okay, God, I need to make some corrections here, right? Maybe you heard others share their testimony. What, what are you going to do with what you've learned, received, or seen? What are you going to do with those things that you've heard, you, you've experienced? You, what, what is it that you're going to do with that? I, I think it's an important question that we ask ourselves that because we don't want to just be people who are just living our lives however we want to. Well, finally, Paul says, uh, uh, says in some sense, what, what are you going to do with what you've learned? I think probably what he would respond, and we see what he did in this scripture here, this passage, is he would respond for you to, with a command. I like what he says there. He says, put them into practice. Put them into practice. Live out your faith. He's saying, do them, right? And don't, don't be left as a person who knows how to do it, but never does anything with what you know. You know, isn't that bad when we don't, when we know all these kinds of things, but we don't do anything with what we know? There's a problem there, right? We have to be able to use what God has given us for, the, for, the, for a, a positive life and for a godly life. Uh, don't be the person who knows so much yet doesn't use it. Even James says it this way over in the book of James chapter 1, verse 22 to 24. He says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Catch what he says there and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes, uh, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
I, I hope that doesn't happen, right? You get in front of it. Now, sometimes when you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you say, oh, I don't want to remember that. Uh, I get that. That's a, that's a whole other world. But now we're talking about the mirror of the Word of God. Are we allowing the Word of God to speak into our lives? And then are we seeing who we are in relationship to what the Word of God says? Think on these things that are good. Think on those things that are helpful. Think on those things that are life-changing. We have to be able to apply what God has said to our lives. Living it out is more important than just having the stamp. Just you know, sometimes we can just have a stamp, right? Yeah. I was looking into some uh, history of my family yesterday from years gone back. It was kind of interesting. I won't say it all. Won't give all the information. But anyhow, so we have this one uncle, uh, this one great great uncle, great, great uncle, something. No, it's a great, great uncle. He, he uh, went to Australia and, and he lived there under a, a different name entirely for, for his purposes. And he, he died in World War I and he's on some of the monuments here. And uh, so uh, he, uh, but anyhow, he, uh, he lived his life the way he did and then he lived his life under an assumed name. And so I saw the, I saw the uh, little uh, paper, they had a photocopy of the paper online, and, and it was stamped and it was signed by the Brigadier General. This was so-and-so, and he lived under this assumed name. And so he was from, that, that was he served in the Australian Army uh, and was uh, killed in action there. And so and one, of the, one of the family members had to, uh, had to uh, verify, yes, this was him. And so he had all the stamps, at all the stamps, I'm sure that when he went into the military in Australia, he probably got all the stamps saying, this is who he was, Mr. Davenport. What an interesting name, but that's not who he was. Do we walk through our life until the end with another assumed name so that we can live however we want to live? Or are we willing to allow God to work in our life? You know, we, we may have the stamp and everything that shows us this is who we are. But are we willing to be who God has us to be? Are we willing to be who he's called us to be? He formed us. He created us in our mother's womb. He chose us. He appointed us and made us who we are. Think on the things that are good. Those that are helpful, life-changing. If you do, put it into practice. Don't just have the stamp behind your name. Anybody can get a stamp behind their name, right? Doesn't always take very much to do that. But if we're going to do anything, there are two things that we need part of our lives on this journey. And that's celebration. Celebrate the goodness of God and what he's done for our lives. Let, let praise go from our mouth to the heart of God. And then when you have to keep your mind steady on the things that are worthwhile and worthy of praise. And when you find good things that godly people have put into practice in their lives and you know it's right, put it into practice on your journey. Let him work in your life. Father, we're your people. We're the sheep of your pasture, Lord. Father, you do so much for us 
You call us to yourself. You've chosen us. You've appointed us to go and bear fruit, and that fruit would last forever. Father God, I pray that you would help us to keep our hearts and our minds open to what you have for us. Father, help us to be able to continue to celebrate in every form and fashion, to give thanks to you, God. But Father, we also pray that not only would you do help us to be able to keep that celebration in the front of our minds, but help us to be able to focus ourselves on those right things, those good things, those blessed things, Father God, that, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Father God, not so that we just have a, a stamp on our name that says follower of Jesus, but there's that stamp in our heart, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise that said, yes, you are mine. Father, help us to apply your word to our lives. Help us to live out our lives in a way that you, you celebrate and you enjoy. Father, we give you thanks this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Focus on him because he's good.